Hello and welcome. My name is Brent Weaver and this is the Digital Agency Show. The podcast that goes behind the scenes with today's top agencies and entrepreneurs. I am really glad you're here. And once again, it's time to transform your business mindset. Hello, 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 podcast listeners, digital agency owners. So glad to have you guys here once again for an episode of the, the Digital Agency Show. I'm here with good friend of mine, Mark Gutman, who is a storyteller, entrepreneur, adventurer, lover of life. He loves to serve visionary entrepreneurs who are stuck and looking to get to the next level. His chosen tool is the power of story, and we're going to be getting into that today and how to use story to transform your business. Uh, Before being an entrepreneur, Mark was a screenwriter and actually worked for Oliver Stone, which... I'm also interested in talking about, uh, where he worked at Disney, 20th Century Fox, Warner Brothers, and he currently sits on the board of EO Colorado, so a lover of all things entrepreneur. Mark, welcome to the program. Uh, Brent, thanks for having me. So happy to be here and uh, just excited to talk some story with you today. Yeah. So, I, you know, of course, like the name Oliver Stone stands out. Um, is that kind of, uh, uh, you know, the Hollywood thing for you before you were uh, an entrepreneur? Like, let's let's start there. Like, how did you get into Hollywood and, and why has that become relevant for your uh, your uh, business and your life as an entrepreneur? Yeah, thanks, Brent. You know, it it, it kind of starts way before that. So um, you may not know this about me, but uh, when I was a kid, I used to get in a lot of fights. And uh, a lot of it was really weird because um, I had this uh, father who was Jewish and this mother who was uh, Protestant. And so that really had me land in between this this no man's land, this, this kind of purgatory where I wasn't one thing and I wasn't the other. Um, and growing up in suburban Detroit, Oddly enough, you know, people are very much who they are in that area. And, and what I mean by that is like, if you're Catholic, you're super Catholic. And so I used to get picked on all the time for, uh, I didn't live in a very Jewish area and, and uh, I used to get picked on all the time and get in fights a lot for, uh, for, for being Jewish or being different. And so I always, right then was the first time that I think that I started to fall in love with this idea of story because I used to sit and I used to dream of what it used to be like to not be me. Um, and I, and you know, a lot of that I'd sit like with Thrasher magazine, right. And I would just be looking and, and totally romanticizing, uh, what these guys in California, what their life was like. But as we all know, their life wasn't all that romantic. So I always had this like romantic side to me. Uh, I also, that's how I connected with my, my parents and my father. We used to just love movies and love to watch movies. And so when I went to college, um, I was, I was dabbling in film. I was, I was doing some film and, uh, getting some feedback that I had that I had some talent there, so literally loaded up my car and drove out to California uh, with about a thousand dollars in my pocket. No real prospects other than a uh, a, sh- a handwritten sheet from my film professor uh, of people who may be contacts in the industry. Right, we didn't have email, and I didn't have a way to Facebook somebody or, or or you know get in touch with them via social media and say, hey, what's going on? This is like a and Rolodex. So, yeah, no, it was it was a piece of paper. Like you lost that paper, that was your you were gone. That was your resource. That, that's what I had. And um, my my philosophy was always to be get in the middle of something, no matter the cost. Like work for free, work for low cost, do whatever. Just get in the middle of where I want to be, and then make something happen. Figure it out. And so I went through that list. No one returned my calls. I was pretty 
sad and, and feeling sorry for myself. And one day I get a, a phone call from a guy that's uh, still a good friend of mine. His name is Patrick. And he's like, hey, come out to this, this weird secret location uh, in the valley. And I want to talk to you. So I, you know, I'm out in the middle of the valley. It certainly does not look like Hollywood. It looks like the most industrial worst area of LA you can imagine. All these big warehouses. And I, and I have to go through several uh, security checks, a bunch of like uh, time locks type gates. And so it's like very like dramatic. And I, I go into this giant dark theater and what they were doing there, uh, it was the Imagineering section of Digi Disney and what these people would do. And as I was going back to this interview, I'm literally walking past animatronic robots, like these <laughs> weird half built versions of like, um, of Mickey Mouse or other characters uh, from theme parks. And it was like kind of like spooky, kind of cool. And uh, that's what they did there. They, they built those types of uh, entertainment rides and it was called Imagineering. And I got the job and, and what the job was, was uh, driving film around from the, from the production facility to the different uh, production houses and then eventually the Disney lot. And they were putting on a production with Ellen DeGeneres for the Energy Pavilion in Epcot, right? So not quite like when you get to Hollywood, it's not quite what you imagine, right? It wasn't like this amazing, like I'm working in the business. I mean, I'm working in theme parks, right? But I'm, I'm surrounded by film, by filmmakers, by creatives. And what it gave me was this amazing opportunity to get on the Disney lot. And I literally would pull up my old Oldsmobile car next to, uh, literally it said, and, and, I, and I kid you not, I wish I had pictures of this. It was like Ellen DeGeneres and her Porsche. It was <laughs> Tim Allen, Tim Allen and his Porsche. And it was like deliveries. And that was me like, you know, like right next to him. And I'm sure they were always like looking out the window, like, please do not scratch my Porsche. Um, and, and what would happen is the film was never ready right? Like never. And so I had a lot of downtime. And so I would just walk the halls of Disney and start poking my head into offices and be like, Hey, I'm Mark Gutman. And, uh, I've, I've got, uh, uh, interest in film and, and I would just sit down with different producers and some, you know, I, I laugh to this day, like how, how I did that because now I'm, I'm sure if you did that, you get like yanked out or thrown off the lot, but eventually uh, one of those producers took an interest in me. And again, on a handwritten piece of paper, just said, call this guy. Hmm. And, one thing led to another. I get this interview and it turns out to be for a story editor position for Oliver Stone. And uh, through some hustle, again, you know, I was like, I'm going to get this job no matter what. Uh, you know, every day I sent like a priority mail uh, letter to Oliver and the person hiring that was like, hey, like I'm still interested in the job. I'm still interested in the job uh, via, via, you know, priority mail, flat rate envelope. And eventually they're like, we knock it off with all those envelopes. <laughs> so I, hold on. Wait, you sent a letter every day in a priority mail envelope. Like, are we talking yeah, for like, like eight days for like eight days? For, okay. That's for great. a week. Okay. I mean, that's still, that's still, I mean, that's probably not the, what they get typically. And I just, I want to just highlight real quick for our listeners. Cause I think that what your, your story you just told is, you know, get in the middle and then make something happen. And I think that requires a, a decent amount of, of faith that if you are in the middle, you can make something happen. But the first step is to get in the middle. It's not to make something happen and then get in the middle. Um, I think that's a really important kind of order of steps, even for people that are growing their agency of like going into a new market or, you know, trying to establish some footing in a new business direction or a new product line. You know, you can't always make something happen first. You have to sometimes get out there. Uh, and then that persistence and that hustle, I think, really shows. So... 
did you ever kind of realize like, okay, you had made it to the dreamland or were you just like so wrapped up in the hustle that it, it, you didn't really realize that everything you had dreamed about as a kid reading Thrasher magazine had kind of come to fruition in a way, or was there a, a letdown moment there? Or was it just like, Oh, now I work for Oliver Stone and this is amazing. Yeah, well, that's a great point. You know, I was just always so excited. I couldn't believe it. Right. And I always felt, uh, especially in the early days that I was, um, you know, hitting outside my weight class. I was like, what, what am I doing here? Right. But I, again, I was much to your point you just made, I was always so, uh, excited just to learn and be in the middle and be a part of it, that it was my passion. Uh, and, and so this is where I really got to cut my teeth on story, right? I mean, part of being a story editor, it was one of the most amazing jobs. I would literally, uh, I ran the intern program. We would take in, you know, probably like 50 scripts a week, something like that of different submissions, whether it be from an agent, whether it be from one of Oliver's friends, we would have to read those. We'd have to give a review and a synopsis and then, you know, recommend and defend those recommendations, both good and bad. And so that's really where I got my crash course on story. And I, I just loved it. And I just loved it. And as I continued, and, and you want to talk about, you know, did, what did I realize or what did I not realize? I, I started to, as I learned about story and I learned about how the business worked, there, there came a period where I started trying to write for the business. And I think this is, you know, my big learning out of my entire journey instead of writing for myself. And so there was a guy uh, who I went to college with and his name was Adam Hers. And uh, Adam may or may not even remember me. Uh, this is, you know, he's famous for writing a series of movies called American Pie. Mm. And, and uh, I was so angry at Adam. He didn't even, we didn't, we didn't even know each other, but I just I had so much like uh, <laughs> anger because I was like, this guy, wrote this pie humping movie, right? And, and he's making millions and he's successful and everyone loves him. He's like the toast of the town. And here I am like trying to write these real important Oliver Stone movies and um, I can't get it done. And the irony or the, the life learning there is I should have been writing pie humping movies, right? That was my experience. That was my story. Did my story you hump pies? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I had a very a good, good, good point of clarification for the audience. But the... Uh, the <laughs> My my upbringing, my my experience was that of a of a teenage coming of age comedy, right? Mm. I, I grew up in suburban Detroit, like that's who I was. Those are the movies I should have been writing. And you know, when, when talking about story, it's very important for everyone listening to understand. It's like you got to write what you know. It's kind of a cliche thing. People say that all the time, but like, what does that mean, right? And I, I didn't really understand what that meant at that age. I didn't understand that meant write your life experience, tell your story. Because the more specific and the more detailed we get about our own personal story, the more universal it becomes. And so that's a tip that we really need to, to the listeners to, to grab onto because we so often want to get broad in our story. We so often want to appeal to other people that we don't get really specific. And if we write about what we know, what our specific story is, what has happened to us, what our life experience is, and put that into our stories that's always going to be the clear path to success. And, and I find that so uh, powerful because just thinking back to my earlier, uh, my, my start in, in entrepreneurship and having my web design company, there was always this feeling that I needed to act like I was somebody else, that we needed to act bigger than we really were, that we needed to, uh, you know, maybe be a little bit more, um, you know, oh, we're a, uh, 
you know, this this corporation based in Denver that can help you with your web needs. You know, it was like very, uh, you know, trying to appeal to what we thought businesses wanted to hear. And I think the, the direct result for us was that we attracted a lot of people that we actually didn't really like to work with. So, you know, and I don't think I ever really connected that, that we were, we were out there talking a certain language or speaking a certain way that was attracting these kind of plain Jane businesses to our doorstep. And they really weren't, um, uh, what they were trying to accomplish really wasn't in alignment with what who we really wanted to be. Like I think every agency or freelancer can relate to that of like you get clients that maybe you don't like working with and you're like, why is this happening? And then you go to write an email to your newsletter list and it's like, you know, it's just very, um, you know, watered down or it's very, uh, you know, uh, curated for an audience that maybe you don't realize you're speaking to, but um, but it ends up actually not helping you in the long run versus being a lot more, uh, specific about who you are and maybe what makes you a little bit unique or eccentric or different than somebody else out there. I think a lot of people have fear around telling their own story or being vulnerable in that way. Absolutely. I mean, that's a great point. I mean, that's the old way, right? When you started your company, what'd you do? You went and got a clip art of some massive skyscraper. And you're like, <laughs> yeah, this is where our office is, right? In this fake hypothetical skyscraper. We're really legit. Like photoshopping right? your company name on a building, you know? Yeah, I've never done yeah. that. I'm just putting that out there. I've never done <laughs> yeah. that, but... Me either. I've, I've, I've heard... Uh, it's hypothetical, but like that's the way people used to do that, right? And, uh, <laughs> and, and now the new way is about authenticity. People want to connect with who they're working with. And we're in an era, an element, and, and bringing some of the story stuff back to your business. We're in this time where people can find out and find who they want to work with. Right. So like, you know, we know, like, I want to work with people that like love entrepreneurship, that love adventure, that have the same, uh, ideas and, and life and worldview as I do as, as far as it pertains to my business. Right. Like, I don't need to like, just choose anybody that our, our ability to really find and narrow down who can best serve us and who we can best serve is amazing at this point. But in order to make that connection, right. We, we need to have a true and authentic story. I mean, you, you look at a movie as an example. We love, we just love as, as people to fall in love with a character, right? And not only do we love to fall in love with a character, like a certain type of, of person, that character is rarely, I mean, there's superhero movies, don't get me wrong. But even always in that superhero movie, what always repeats itself is that character is just plain, a plain you know, regular Joe, right? It's just a normal person who gets empowered with these superpowers to do amazing things. And so we want to work with real people that have the ability to be bigger than themselves. And we also love to have relationships with those characters. And so one thing that as we build our stories, you know, the audience loves a sequel, right? Like, like the audience always doesn't want a one eight stand. They don't want a one-time character. They want to revisit and relive and go back to James Bond over and over again. They want those six Star Wars movies. Why is that, right? Because we, we want to have an ongoing relationship. And your customers want to have an ongoing relationship with you and your story. And you should ha want to have one with theirs. We've hung out a lot. I've, I've been able to understand how story impacts... Uh, businesses by, you know, just spending a lot of time with you and, and, and learning about how you've been able to inject story into entrepreneurship and help entrepreneurs tell their story better and to grow their business. But if I'm a, a story, you know, newbie, 
And I'm sitting here listening to these guys talk about Hollywood and I'm listening to them talk about how, you know, I should, you know, create a relationship with my customers or that relates to Star Wars somehow. Like at a brass tacks level, can you just explain where story shows up in our businesses just to give our audience a little bit of context around like, like, how would this help me? Where, where would I be able to leverage this? Or where am I already maybe telling the story in my business? And I don't even realize it's storytelling. I just think it's marketing or I think it's, you know, sales. Uh, can you kind of walk me through, like, what are some of the touch points? What are some of the areas in my business that I'm already telling stories, whether I know it or not? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great point, Brent. So the, the, the most obvious and where we spend most of our time is it's going to show up on your, your webpage, on your homepage and how you're talking about both yourself and your customer. Um, you know, one of the, you know, a, a tactical thing, one of the biggest mistakes most entrepreneurs make is when looking at the story and who's the main character, or who's the hero, as you will, a lot of times we want to make it about ourselves because we're so psyched. We're so psyched that we've got this business. We've got the storytelling business. We want to let the whole world know that we're all about what we're passionate about. And in reality, the hero or the main character of that story of your website should be your customer. And so when we talk about tactics, there's something called a hero's journey. And and you and I have talked about this a lot. And it's a format. I don't like to say formula. A lot of people are out there teaching formulas. And just as a side note, I personally don't believe in story formulas because to me, a formula is a guarantee of a predictable result every time or a guaranteed result every time. Whereas form, just like music, right? We, we have a lot of, uh, a lot of people can play music, but not everyone can, can play great music. Same thing with story. And so what we need to do is call it form and not formula, but that hero's journey is a form that in a structure that many stories follow. And so two of the biggest components are in every movie and every story, there's a hero, right? The main character. And there's uh, what we call a mentor. And that mentor is usually that person like Obi-Wan Kenobi, like Yoda, that comes onto the movie and shows our hero how to be successful. And so when we're talking about our website, for example, on the homepage, we should really be approaching that as our customer is the hero and we're the mentor, right? We're going to show them the way. We're going to get them to success because, you know, at the end of the day, our customers don't want to hear our story. They want to know how we can help them win in their story and be successful. And we really need to be clear in how we outline that. And that's the general philosophy. That's the general framework behind everything we teach. So whether that's your website, whether that's your about us page, whether that's like your 90 second, what I call your Thanksgiving story, which is, Hey, how in 90 seconds, how in one sentence do I tell my grandmother at Thanksgiving what I do? Right. Like, like I was used to go a little funny story here, Thanksgiving. And um, I obviously wasn't doing a very good job of of telling my mother-in-law what my story was, what I did and and how I did it, who I served, because we'd be there and she'd be like, how is the blogging going? And I'd be like, what do you like? You're a blogger, right? And I was like, no, I'm not a blogger. And I'd be like, I do this and that and this and right. And like, like I couldn't explain it to her in a very clear way that she could repeat it back to me. And so another tactical thing is, is we really want to make sure that the stories we're telling, that we're gift wrapping those for our existing clients and our friends and our family to be very prepared whenever the situation presents itself to tell our story on our behalf 
so that we can get new clients, right? So, you know, how do we know what our existing clients are telling people when someone goes, oh, hey, do you have someone that can help tell my story, right? I, I want them to be very clear on who we serve, how we serve them, how we help them tackle their problem and what success looks like, right? And, and, and give it to them in a package that's very, very easy to remember so that when they're at a party or we're hanging out and, and, and someone says, look, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm somewhere between one and $3 million in revenue and I'm feeling kind of stuck and I just don't know what to do, the light bulb will go off and someone will go, you know what, you need to talk to Mark a wild story. As an entrepreneur or agency owner, how do I, what are some of those first steps that I can take? I mean, you mentioned hero's journey, so that's easily Googleable. We don't need to like run through every step of the hero's journey right now, but what would some of those steps for me be? I mean, obviously it depends on what the, where, where this is being used, but if I'm going, okay, I have an about us page. Uh, I know that the, the character, the main character, the main uh, person that we should be talking about is the customer. I heard that from you and that maybe we play the mentor role, the, the guide in that story framework. So we're focusing more of energy on our customer. I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, what else can we be putting into that text to really make somebody make it draw in that audience or connect with the right person? Cause I, and, and what I definitely heard from you is, you know, getting into really the, the, the core of maybe who you are and what you do and don't be uh, afraid of that, of being really, really specific to connect with the right audience. Like obviously Apple or uh, American pie, Apple pie, American pie doesn't connect with like my parents, for instance, like if they watched the first five, Five minutes of that movie or maybe the first 10 seconds of that movie they'd be they'd turn it off but then the audience that it does connect with you know like can't get enough of it and watches it 50 times in a row um so how can we as as entrepreneurs if we're approaching our about us page what are some other things that we can do to connect with the right audience in that way are there other forms or tactics in that approach yeah and so that's that's a great point brent i mean we, we like to say it's a little cliche but if you appeal to everybody you appeal to nobody Right. And so really being clear on who you are and really getting into the seat and shoes of your customer. And I'll answer your question in just a second. But Jeff Bezos, one of the greatest entrepreneurs of our time, does something that I just think two things that I think are amazing around story. Right. Uh, the first is he doesn't allow any of his senior managers to come to a senior leadership meeting and pitch an idea in PowerPoint form. He makes them write a four to six page narrative in story form in order to fully vet out and think through the idea, but more importantly, to really think about the connection and the emotion of the customer. And on that note, he, something else that they like to do at Amazon is they love to leave an empty chair at the uh, table and they leave that empty chair for their customer. And let's just say they name their avatar Mary, right? They literally will break in the middle of the discussion, as they're discussing a customer impacting uh, initiative, they'll turn to the empty chair and they'll ask, what do you think Mary would say? Right. And how that's relevant to your question about the about us page, really be thinking in terms of what your customer would want to read, what they want to see, what they care about. So in every great story, there's also a villain, right? And that villain in our business world can be translated to what's the problem, right? What problems are your customers experiencing? And we really need to think and really need to get in their shoes. And there's this concept of empathy versus sympathy. And, and people really get that confused a lot of times where uh, sympathy means I want to be likable. 
But that's not what your customers are looking for. They don't, they don't want you to be likable. They want you to be empathetic. And empathetic means like me. So one thing tactically you could do in your About Us page is really talk about a shared experience, something that makes it relatable, that you've gone through the same type of um, problem, you fought the same villain that they're now fighting. And that therefore, that's why you're the right mentor to take them on this journey. Hmm. That's really powerful. So it's it's not coming in saying like, you know, not not that you'd ever say I'm sorry for you, <laughs> you know, I feel bad for you type of thing. It's it's not that. It's just saying I've I've experienced what you have experienced before, and that can be really challenging. And then that challenge or that problem is, you know, the villain. That's the the thing that you guys are going to defeat together, or you'll you'll uh, help them defeat as their guide. Um, and overcome that. And I think those are some really powerful uh, things to be thinking about, whether you're writing your About Us page or if you're writing um, you know, even just an email. Like I feel like sometimes when I get companies' newsletters, I kind of I kind of like vomit a little bit in my in my mouth. And especially when I know they're they're like a small agency and they're you know not a lot of people. And I see this thing that looks like a the monthly gazette. You know, it's like here's here's all of the things that you know are going on, on the internet and that you guys should know. And there's just like there's no character, there's no personality to it. And I almost want to you know invite our audience today if if you guys. Um, you know, to write your customer or your prospect list, you know, a much more personalized story-based email where your customer is the hero and you're their guide helping them overcome a challenge or problem uh, in their business. I mean, I think that would be a really interesting experiment for people to, uh, you know, give this a try, like write their own first story. And then, of course, the, um, the risk of emailing all their potential customers. I mean, like we do that every day. So I'm like, you know, we said like millions of emails uh, a year. Uh, it's not, it's not a huge deal for me, but I feel like for a lot of people just putting something out there like this might, might feel like a, a scary, scary thing. Is there anything that you do with your, your clients uh, at wild story to help them kind of get through that fear? We do. Well, one of the first things we do is uh, during one of our framework sessions is we actually, as we talk about this concept, um, there's a couple of things. One is we, we help them identify those problems. And so just like, um, you know, any movie character, like, let's look at Luke Skywalker. Like he thinks his problem, which is, uh, in, you know, an external problem is that, oh man, oh shucks. Like I'm stuck on, you know, this planet. I can't get off and my life's boring. Right. Um, and, and then all of a sudden he gets thrust into this world where the problem is, Hey, it's good versus evil. There's, there's a, there's a fight going on. That's a very clear, like external problem. And I'll bring this back to uh, actual products so we can make the same same example. Uh, then there's an internal problem going on, like, oh man, like, am I am I good enough? Can I rise to the occasion? Right? He has all this self doubt because he's told by his uncle that he's just a kid, right? And so, like, how do I overcome that? And that's like this underlying internal problem. And then we have this philosophical problem, which really, you know, we like to call like the worldview problem, which is, hey, I believe that good should triumph over evil. And when you're brought into a fight, we should uh, go ahead and um, we should go ahead and rise to that, that call. Now, what's really interesting about staging your problems in these three ways, a really great call to action, a really great resolution of how you're going to help your customer satisfies all three of these problems once they take the step, right? And so, you know, let's, let's go ahead and look at, at, at something else, right? So let's look at a product like, um, and I'm just doing this off the top of my head. Let's look at Nespresso, 
I, I went up to Europe recently. I am fascinated by Nespresso. I love it. I think it's great. So externally, like the external problem that most people sell to, by the way, right, is, hey, I need a cup of coffee, right? But if, if they just sell this like product, like, hey, you need a cup of coffee or you want espresso, that's not very exciting, right? The, the internal problem that they're uh, solving for me is that, you know, there could be a variety of them, but it could be something like, you know, I'm intimidated when I go to the coffee shop or, I, I you know, I don't want to leave my home or, you know, something of that nature. And then the philosophical problem would be, hey, everybody has the right to have a gourmet cup of coffee in the home, right? And, and, and the villain might be crappy homebrewed coffee or something like that. And so when we put that all together, those are ways that we could start to outline and start to um, start to outline and develop our problem statements for our customer. Uh, and then the other thing we love to do is we love to have, and this is so funny to watch, we love to have our customers journal from the perspective of their customer, but they're not allowed to mention their own products and services when they do that. And so mm. what, what is so funny about it is every time without fail, they'll be like, so I woke up today and I flipped on the computer and I logged into you gurus and I loved it. <laughs> and then I went and took my kids to school. I'm like, no, 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 no. We're going to redo that. Like, cause like literally what it does is it allows you to really step outside and get real with how your customers view your product, right? You're just a component in their lives. And many times one that they're, they're thinking about only when they have to, right? Unlike you as an entrepreneur who wakes up every day living and breathing your products and services, your, your customers don't. And so that's a real level setting exercise to have people get empathetic and then go, you know what? What these people really care about is that they've got no time left in their day, mm. that they're not seeing their family, that they're not doing the things that allow them to have freedom and they're not doing, they're not doing the things that allow them to have their dreams. That's a lot different than just saying, hey, you need to grow your agency, right? And so uh, that's a real powerful exercise that people can do at home you know, right away and, and, and should give a lot of insight to the, the empathy and what their hero the hero of their story is experiencing. That's great. I think just that exercise of journaling from your customer's point of view might help you in, and maybe realizing that your customer is not just sitting there all day consumed with your brand 24-7. I mean, I'm just thinking about, I, I have an espresso machine at home and it's not like I just sit around staring at it or, you know, it's not like I'm drinking 45 cups of coffee in a day. I mean, maybe you know, a couple times a week I make a espresso and it's, it's a very short experience and, you know, yes, it's nice, but I'm not just sitting there 24 seven wondering like about the intricacies of Nespresso. And I think that's probably true for most companies, even if you're an agency and you're, you know, doing a large scale website project for a client and you, you know, you think this is all they think about. They must be only doing this. And just as somebody <laughs> just went through a rebranding project and just overhauled our complete website infrastructure. Yes, we did a lot of work as a client um, to make that happen, but it wasn't the only thing that was going on in our business. And I think that that's an important realization to have, I think, for any company is that you know, your clients have a lot of things going on. They have a lot of problems that maybe you aren't tackling and you have to probably be at least somewhat empathetic to, um, to that situation that you're not the only thing that your customer is thinking about. And, and I think when we create marketing and even our, our, um, you know, how we, we, the client experiences that we create, sometimes we forget that 
And I think that's a, a very powerful exercise. I'm, I'm going to make sure I, I I'm going to do that this afternoon. I'm going to I'm going to journal from my customer's point of view. I'm going to I'm going to do a journal entry. So if if I understand correctly, it's it's basically act like you're writing in the diary as your customer, just like one day's entry. Exactly, exactly. And you know what it'll also help you do is really pinpoint who do you want to serve. So for example, like when I did it, it was like, hey, I'm a CEO. I wake, I woke up, I, I went out and I and I surfed before work. I came back, I made breakfast for my family. You know, I then went to work, you know, like all these things that had nothing to do with me. But I was like, you know, like I want to serve people like that that are like me, right? Like, mm. like that's who I want to really work with and surround myself with. And that was super powerful. And and just to put a little bit of uh, of closure on this, there, there, there are, you know, multiple steps, you know, in the story process, but two things that also on that about page that, you know, tactically we can do, you know, we can, we need to show them what success looks like. What is resolution? What does being, when the hero wins at the end of the movie, what does that look like for our customer? And, and people just forget to do that. Right. And then lastly, what do you want them to do? So this is where movies and business stories really diverge. So in, in, a, in a film, you know, a lot of times it's for entertainment, you know, sometimes in a more serious piece, it's a commentary, but there's not always a, a call to action. And we call it internally and, and with our customers, a move to action because we want people to do something, right? We're not calling. We're not like, hey, you know, come do the, come buy from us. We want to create emotion. We want to create a movement. We want you to, to actually do something after experiencing our story. So on the about us page, really think about like, what do you want people to do after reading this? Like what, what do you want them to do? And then give them the ability to do that. And that's just a step that so many people overlook. Mm. So don't just tell, don't just write an email to your customers today telling them uh, an amazing story about them being the hero and you're going to guide them uh, over the, the challenge and the problem. Uh, make sure you let them know what that move to action is and, and how to do that. It is a little pro tip, right? Like if you do that first, if that's the very first thing you do when you outline a story, um, what do I want them to do? That will also help you tell, decide what story to tell. So that's mm -hmm. like the number one question I get. What story do I tell? Well, when I say, what do you want me to do? Right? <laughs> and, it's, and then we can work backwards from there. But like, you know, we, we all have, and this is, this is a challenge for a lot of people, we all have a lot of stories, right? Our, our lives are rich, we're not one thing. That's what makes storytelling so wonderful and beautiful. And, and so people are really confused. Like, what story do I tell? And, and, and the real answer is like, what do you want them to do? What outcome do you want? And then what story do you have that will support that, that goal? And, and it sounds simple, but most people overlook it. Most people get really hamstrung on that and get froze up on that at that point because they're not sure what story to tell. This has been really great, Mark. I think our listeners, if they haven't thought about how story impacts their business yet, uh, I think they've got some some things to noodle on. Are you ready for our lightning round? Oh, am I, am I ever? <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> All right. Here it is. What is the best advice you've ever received? Uh, a lot of it's been personal, but... Um, I think my dad, my, my dad, my dad always has some interesting advice and, and he's given me a couple. One was, you know, when I was younger, I used to get like frustrated at other people's success. And he, he really told me just don't ever begrudge anyone else's success. It's on you to be successful and their success doesn't uh, preclude your success, right? It doesn't get in the way of, of what you're doing. So uh, not to begrudge other people's success. Which of your personal habits has contributed most to your success? I think it's my my positivity and, and being optimistic. So as, as I outlined in the beginning, it's always been this like 
sense of adventure. I'm going to get there. I'm going to go where the action is. I'm going to put myself in the middle and I'm going to see what happens. And I'm going to allow that to happen. Now, I don't want to, you know, act like, oh, it's all been roses and I don't have doubts and things like that. Cause that's not the case. Right. But throughout my life and my career, that's always been the prevailing theme and the, and the dominant theme, which has been get to where the action is, figure it out. Don't worry about all the details up front and, and see what happens. And that's just always, it's always served me really well. And it's, it's helped me to land into some amazing, amazing scenarios. Never thought, for instance, that I'd be delivering shots of Patron and glasses of white wine to Oliver Stone in the middle of a writer's pitch meeting while overlooking the ocean, right? So like things like that, just I'll never forget. And yeah, that's just because I was willing to get in the middle of it and, and see what happens. What's your favorite app or tool that you use in your business? Uh, so I'm an app junkie. Uh, <laughs> I hate you, AppSumo. Uh, <laughs> like I literally, like they've got my number. But literally right now what I'm using and I'm loving more than anything is this uh, application called Real-Time Board. And what it is, it's a digital uh, whiteboard that uses sticky notes. And so a lot of what we do is a very sticky note sort of design thinking methodology where we write down ideas, we use it to organize, and you can do it all digitally. And so I just think that this is probably the, the coolest app uh, that we have. It's, it's web-based and, and as well as like if they have like an OS and, um, and a PC app for your computer. So I think it's pretty slick. What book would you recommend and why? Mm. So I am a book junkie and I'm reading a ton. I'm actually going to just tell you that I'm right now I'm reading, I'm looking at it right now. It's a book called Awakening the Buddha Within. And so uh, in terms of mindset and, and what's going on and just letting go, I am not a Buddhist for the, uh, the listeners out there, uh, nor uh, am I going to become a Buddhist. Uh, but uh, I just think that Study. I've always been really fascinated by the story. So one of my favorite classes in college was the Bible as literature, right? Like understanding how that story unfolds and the differences. And I think that really goes back to what I was originally talking about, that I had these parents that were split in religion. And so it's just always really fascinated me that if I've had two parents who have this sort of like opposing religious worldview and which one is right, I've always been chasing down that question. Uh, the other book, just to give you a non-Buddha book that I, I love, <laughs> I just... I, I, I just completed was a book called Sapiens um, by Yuval Noah Harari. And it's, it's Sapiens, a brief history of humankind. And it really talks about how we evolved as humans. And the whole first like quarter of it is all about our cognitive thinking and really ties it back to story and, and how we develop story and really makes the assumption or the hypothesis that the big difference, the big separator between us and all the other animals out there is our ability to think in story and to think in fiction terms. And that's really what that separates us and allows us to do anything. And if you're an entrepreneur, it'll also blow your mind because it goes through this whole sort of example that basically illustrates that our businesses are all just made up entities and fictional entities that we've just kind of created in these, this world where we have all these rules of business, but in reality, it's just a figment of our imagination in, in a, in a weird sense, right? Obviously it's not make believe, but we've created this construct of, Hey, we have businesses, we have LLCs, we have names, we have rules, we have money, all these things. As humans, we've just kind of invented that. That's just the tip of the iceberg, but that stuff blows my mind and I think it's super cool. Uh, I've, I've listened to it on tape and read it. So either way, it's a good one. So you're saying we're not really here right now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we're here, but we've just had this ability to think in story and fiction terms and invent things like countries. 
Yeah. Right? Like, what is a, like, what's a country, right? We've just decided that we've got this set of rules that we've made up with these lines and boundaries that we've made up. And we're going to take and hold dear these values that we've made up. And that is like, like, but what is it, right? Like, I it's really, if you start to get into it and think of it, it's super nebulous. It doesn't really exist other than in our own minds and, and, and the way we've created it. And so not to say, that's not to say we're a figment, right? But it's just like, it's really crazy. So that, that's, a, that's a kind of story we've told and built about what a country is. And, and, and from a, as a storyteller, that just like, look, like it's just crazy, right? Like, <laughs> like that's the power. That's the power of stories. It builds worlds. Wow. So this isn't some like foo-foo thing, right? And I, and I really, you know, as we uh, get to the end here, like I, w- I want to make that really clear. Like story is not this like nebulous foo-foo thing. It's this thing that has the power to change the world literally, mm. right? So we say this all the time, like, oh, this has the power to change the world. I don't know if this thing does or this thing doesn't, but I'll tell you what does. Story, and I've got proof, right? Like and we, it's all around us. Yeah. I think that's one of those things that kind of like breathing, you know, humans that, uh, and we could probably create a whole episode about the book Sapiens and get into that. But I think just in terms of thinking back to campfires and, you know, most of the, what we have written down as, as literature, at least for a lot of that, it was started through, um, you know, verbal storytelling over like thousands and thousands and thousands of years. And we probably don't, I mean, most people don't think about that. And I think for, and I tried to call that out earlier in the episode, around how, you know what are those touch points for people to kind of recognize or become conscious of that like getting conscious about your breathing but um if uh if people want to hear more about uh you and wild story how can they uh find you and is there anything that you have for them to check out yeah absolutely so you know one thing i just want to tell everybody is everybody is a storyteller right i mean this is something that we've grown up with this is something that we all did as kids we didn't think about it right like we just pretended we were hans solo we just pretended that um we were superman and and we didn't really need to think about it and what i feel has happened in business is that we've tried to grow up we've tried to put that fake clip art on the page and what has happened is we've, we've kind of beaten that storytelling out of ourselves. So I just want to give everyone the, the confidence that you are a storyteller. We just need to like flex that muscle and find it and, and help you out again. And so um, if, if you want to find me, um, the best place is at wildstory.com. You can, you can connect uh, with me there. Uh, I'm on Facebook. Uh, connect with me there as well. Facebook.com slash Mark Gutman, Mark with a C. Um, on our website, at wildstory.com, we also have a, a free download for a free eight-step story guide that's loosely based on the, the famous Lean Canvas uh, format, but how to tile out your story. And then Brent and I did not plan this in any way, but we actually have in development an About Us page guide uh, that we're going to be putting together, as well as a couple other free guides. And I'll make sure that when those are ready to pass those along to Brent so he can pass those along to the community as well. Awesome. Thank you, Mark. This has been a fantastic episode. Thanks for hanging out with us at the Digital Agency Show. Best of luck to you and your business. Thanks, Brent. This was awesome. And uh, just uh, keep telling and living your story, man. Thank you. All right, guys, that's it for this week's episode of the Digital Agency Show. Can't wait to hear you guys' uh, feedback on this and uh, tune in for our show next week. That's it. Uh, Until next time, I'm Brent Weaver.